great Odin's raven. This is crazy. This is crazy. This is crazy. This is, uh, this is ridiculous. Okay, I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. With, I'll go. Hello and welcome to the FilmPulse.net podcast, episode number 41. My name is Adam. Today I'm joined by Kevin. How are you, Kevin? I'm doing all right. This week, since we don't have any uh, feature reviews, we're just going to be going over some of the latest film news, including some trailer releases. We'll also be highlighting some Amazon Blu-ray deals. We'll be making our weekly movie predictions. And finally, we'll be going over this week's DVD and Blu-ray releases. Uh, First, let's kick things off with some of what we've been watching. I'll start it off this week. Had, um, I guess, somewhat of a light week. Actually, no, I had a pretty decent week now that I look at my list. Uh, first, I started it with Wake and Fright, the Australian film from 1972. This is the this movie that kind of, I guess it got lost at some point, and Drafthouse Films picked it up and re-released it. I guess it's considered an Australian horror classic? Classic? Maybe? Cult classic? I don't know. Uh, it was very interesting. Not at all what I expected i wouldn't even consider it a horror movie at all it's not it's not scary in a traditional sense it's more like i don't know it's just it's about this guy who gets stuck in this town and he gambles away all his money in this town and he just kind of gets stuck there and (laughs) and like all they do in this town is drink and shoot guns pretty much nice nice i mean what else would you do the amount of drinking that happens in this movie is ridiculous. And I will say, as a warning to anybody that's interested in seeing this, there is a lot of animal killing in this movie. I think, yeah, didn't you say a lot of kangaroos? Yes. there There's a very graphic scene where they kill kangaroos, and it's real. Mm. But at the end of the movie, they put a disclaimer that says what they did was they took uh, the camera crew with uh, a set of real hunters during a hunt. So it wasn't like they killed them just for the movie. Mm, They were just actually there for the hunt. Right. Gotcha. Which makes it it a little bit better, but it's still hard to watch. But according to the disclaimer, um, I guess at the time, kangaroo hunting was a big problem. And they wanted to show how horrific it was. So, in a way, that kind of justified the kangaroo killing. It was very hard to watch, though. There was a scene in uh, Snowtown Murders involving kangaroos. Really? Yeah, that was disgusting. They chopped yeah. them up. They chopped them up and ground them up and then threw the guts on a guy's front porch. Ugh. Yeah, this this movie has some pretty graphic stuff, too. Uh, although a guy does fight a kangaroo. Nice. Yeah. Does the kangaroo win? No, unfortunately uh, it doesn't. Mm. Uh, I also saw another Drafthouse Films um, release called Miami Connection. This is a must-see for everyone. <laughs> this is a movie that is... It, it definitely falls into the so bad it's good category. <laughs> I'm just looking at the synopsis. Is this the one from 1987? Yes. Okay, so a martial arts rock band goes up against a band of motorcycle ninjas? 
Yes. <laughs> you gotta be kidding me. Uh, it, this is the most 80s movie I've ever seen in my life. I love 80s movies. And wow. this, I was loving every minute of this movie. Uh, this, they play, okay, so the band in the movie's name is um, Dragon Sound. Nice. And they play these, like, maybe one or two songs just over and over throughout the movie. You know how they used to do with 80s, 80s films. And, I mean, it's got the 80s dancing. Yes, there are ninja bikers. A lot of kung fu action. It's completely <laughs> over the top and ridiculous. It just says, Dragon Sound can't stop until they've completely destroyed the dealers, the drunk bikers, the kill-crazy ninjas, the middle-aged thugs, and the stupid cocaine. Yeah, we'll see. The thing about that is that's just one group. Like, <laughs> they make it sound like they're on this quest, you know? But it's really just one other gang that they're going up against. And it's called Miami Connection, but unless I'm mistaken, almost the entire film takes place in Orlando. Yes, that's what it says, filming location. <laughs> and also, my favorite, as always, plot keywords. Falling from height, Florida. Strangulation. Computer class, beach. So does a computer class play an integral role? Uh, in yeah, Miami like Connection? the... <laughs> The one guy that's in Dragon Sound is in college, and there's, uh, yeah. like, a scene where him and... And then, like, see, it turns out that he starts dating the daughter of one mm -hmm. of the rival gang members. They always date a daughter of the rival gang. Or no, maybe it was his sister. I think it was his sister, I'm sorry. Yeah. It's always a daughter or sister something. Yeah, it, it's <clears throat> completely ridiculous. I highly recommend it. Uh, one of the interesting things I read about this is that uh, the one of the guys at Draft House Films that acquired it bought it on eBay for fifty dollars, <laughs> <laughs> and that's how they got it. Nice. So check it out, please. It's it's awesome. Um, I saw another '80s movie called The Stuff. <laughs> the stuff. This is kind of like The Blob. It's a horror comedy of sorts. I went into it thinking that it was going to be another Miami Connection type movie where it's just really bad. And I actually came away really liking this movie. It's quite funny. And the premise is hilarious because the, the movie starts off with this uh, group of miners that find this mysterious white <laughs> stuff <laughs> bubbling up from the ground. And what does the guy do when he sees it? He fucking eats it. That's what he does. <laughs> Why wouldn't you? It he makes total it. sense. <laughs> and he eats it and discovers that it's like the best tasting stuff ever. And then they market it and sell it. And it turns out that it's some sort of uh, organism that takes over your body. Mm. It's It's great. It's just... Classic eighties camp. I, I loved it. The main the main character, can't remember his name, um, but he was awesome in it. Like just his uh he has this really funny southern draw, but he's like kind of a badass where he's like real suave. He works in like corporate espionage and stuff and it, it's he he's real cool. So I mean, it does have Paul Servino and Danny Aiello. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's got a couple people in it. Yeah, yeah, I recommend it. It's it's good eighties stuff. I mean, it's not scary. It's more kind of goofy. It's I think it's meant to be like a horror comedy. So I recommend that also. Ah, <laughs> uh, they eat it right <laughs> off the bat. Yeah, it's it's the most ridiculous scene, and it's like that's what opens the movies. This guy seeing this mysterious. It looks like marshmallow fluff, sort of. Yeah. Like bubbling up from the ground. <laughs> and he immediately sticks his hand in and eats it. <laughs> and, then, and then he tells his buddy, he's like, hey, you got to come over here. Try this, try this stuff. <laughs> and the other guy comes over, immediately eats it. He's like, this is great. What? what? Uh, <laughs> no one. Why would you ever do that? Yeah, it's it's amazing. Uh, then I saw another horror movie called Box of Shadows. I thought you were going to say Box of Stuff. Box of Stuff, yeah. <laughs> Keeping with the stuff category. Uh, the reason that I watched this is because I really liked the idea of the movie. Uh, this kid, this college kid, finds this... Um, he... I guess has kind of a junk hauling business where he goes into people's houses and gets rid of their stuff. And he finds this mysterious coffin and it's got all like, it has this really elaborate um, gear mechanism thing in it. Mm -hmm. And it's got like a wind up key and they find out that when you wind it up, if you're laying in the coffin that it gives you, um, it, it basically kills you and lets you walk around as a ghost for one minute. Okay. And then you go back into your body. And I thought that the idea was really interesting to see like what you would do if you had that ability to leave your body and walk around as like a spirit. But unfortunately it kind of tries to be bigger than what it really is. Like it gets into, um, drug, the 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 main guys uh addicted to meth and so it gets into the, this whole drug addiction thing and the other his roommate is a uh, paraplegic and he's in a wheelchair but when he goes into the box he, like in his spirit form he can walk okay. so he he gets like addicted to it and but did you say they they can only do this for a minute yeah it's for a minute I mean, how would you even? Well, the way that take you like a minute just to get out of the room. Well, no, that's that was one of the questions I had. But the way that I guess the way that it works when you wherever you think you want to be when you go into like the trance or whatever, that's where you'll pop up. Gotcha. Because I I had that question too, but uh, it's an interesting concept. It's a low budget movie, so the effects don't look a hundred percent awesome or anything but um i don't know i would say it's a light recommend light recommend uh and then i saw ecstasy of order the tetris masters yeah i want to see this uh i actually like this quite a bit it's there's a lot of documentaries that are similar to this where it's focuses on a group of people or you know several people that are obsessed with some weird thing like we have King of Kong, we have there was a couple of those documentaries that came out about uh LARPing, the live action role playing. Yeah. And 
I'm sure that there's tons more that I'm not thinking of, but yeah, because I think there's like a Dungeon Masters. Yeah, there was there, there was that, and then there was the one that I just saw recently about Monopoly. So in that same kind of vein, this is pretty much the same. Gotcha. It's just about this group of people that just love Tetris and end up entering into this. Uh, one of the guys makes this world championship tournament for Tetris and. It just goes over the the backstory of each of these people, and I, I find that most of them are more normal than some of these movies that I've seen. Yeah. Uh, the characters are pretty interesting, although there's not a central like conflict, which is what made The King of Kong interesting. The characters, uh, what was his name, Mark Weeby or something? I know his last name was Weeby, and then the other guy that's like a dick (laughs) at King of Kong. Those two characters and the conflict that they had with one another was more interesting than this Tetris movie, but also it's more interesting to watch people play Tetris than it is to watch them play Donkey Kong. So it's, uh, it's a light movie. I mean, I would recommend checking it out if you like tetris or puzzle games or whatever because it's amazing to see these people play this game how do you not like tetris i thought i was good at tetris but man i love tetris that's one of those things you could get stuck in a k-hole and just play tetris for like the entire day and and i thought it was going to be kind of a not not well made but i actually it's made very well the movie itself looks it looks nice has cool music so check that out i would say um i saw sinister finally saw sinister last night um and i liked it it. that was bagul bagul was intensely creepy very creepy d'onofrio is not in it that much in fact he only appears what you saw in the trailer where he's like on um uh, video chat that's he just that's pops all. up and says Bagul. Yeah, I mean that's Bagul. He doesn't even appear in person. He's only on video chat. But this was done very well. There were a lot of subtle things that I really liked about this movie. Ethan Hawke's performance was great. That aside, there were just small things like the the conversations that the family had with one another the um one one little thing that i always like and i really like this in girl with the dragon tattoo is when people use computers and movies for research and they're really doing it it looks at least looks like they're really doing it mm-hmm. instead I, of just p- pounding the keyboard yeah <laughs> i love and when like, they do like, that and it's like can you just have the actor actually type it out right exactly why, and like, why fake it and like you know they have like fake computer programs that do all this crazy stuff in this uh he it looked like he was really doing the research and i think that that really enhanced the movie because a large portion of the movie is him trying to figure out what what's going on and what this is and i really liked that about the movie like the mystery aspect of it and him trying to uncover what's going on and like there were just other subtle things like uh, the movie was very dark, and I read I read some people that criticized the movie for being very dark, 
but uh, they use a lot of natural light in the movie, which uh, I thought looked really good. Like, a lot of the light comes in from, like, the windows and stuff, how it probably would look in real life. Um, and I, I like that. Just a, it was just, it wasn't amazing. It didn't blow my mind, but it was very creepy and uh, recommend checking that. It's certainly better than Paranormal Activity. Uh-huh. There is, there a is lot of a, things are better now. And there is a found footage element to Sinister because in the movie he finds footage yeah. and watches it. And we watch it with him. It's literally found footage. Yeah. And that worked. That worked really, really well. Because it also, it also has Fred Dalton Thompson and Tavis Smiley. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what, what more can you ask for? <laughs> yeah, the Tavis Smiley, uh, there was, uh, he was like going back and watching old tapes of like when he was on top as a writer, and he watched an old tape of when he was on Tavis Smiley. Nice. So, um, yeah, if you haven't seen Sinister yet, check it out. It's probably in the cheap seats now, I would say, but still in theaters. And then um, finally, oh no, I saw Queen of Versailles. And we'll we'll come back to that because uh, yeah, you saw that too, right? Yes, indeed. So we'll come back to that. And uh, the big one that I watched this week last night was The Imposter. Ah, you uh, dick. This dick is. Uh, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> I'll talk not, to you tomorrow. Not only one of the best documentaries I've seen this year, it might be one of the best documentaries I've ever seen. Period. Uh, it's amazing. It's one of the best movies of the year. It's near perfection as far as documentaries go the way it was put together the quality i'm not going to talk about the plot at all but this <laughs> it's such an amazing ridiculous story that it's completely unbelievable and the way that they put it together is phenomenal i mean it just they integrate the interviews with the person and the family and they they put those back to back, but they splice in uh, reenactments and it looks so good. I just loved it. And this is actually available on iTunes right now, not for rent, but you can buy it. It'll be available for rent. I think January 22nd. That's too long. Yeah, but you can buy it. Uh, standard definition is nine ninety nine. I think uh, high definition is twelve ninety nine or something like that. Damn, so, that's, that's usually what you pay to rent yeah, sometimes. Right. So I highly, absolutely highly recommend checking mm. out The Imposter. It is, and if you don't know anything about it, don't read anything. Just trust me, get it on iTunes and watch it because it'll it'll blow your mind. Yeah, I can't wait. I've been dying to see this movie. And, and you know, the big, the big hook about that movie... Um, they make the they make that apparent in the trailers and everything. So that's not that's not the big thing that amazed me about it. Like you you probably know what the yeah, yeah. big thing is. That's not a secret, but it's everything else in the movie that you're just like, "Oh my god. How can this how can this be?" I just I want to stop what we're doing and just get on iTunes and watch it. Yes, well. After we're done, you should no. I'm, I'm going to go do that now. I'm going to just we can just record while I'm watching it. We'll just do that. Oh, okay, we'll turn this episode into a live commentary <laughs> track. No, 
I'm not going to say anything. Oh, I'm just going to watch it. It's just going to be complete silence. It's going to be silence for like 20 <laughs> minutes, and then you're going, oh, my God. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> uh, all right, well, that's all I got. So what do you, what do you got? Oh, I had a very slow week. Um, one of the main things is, and I'm going to start it off with this movie. I saw Fitzcarraldo by Werner Herzog, okay? Mm-hmm. From the 80s with Klaus Kinski. This movie took me five days, I think, to finish. I watched it, me and my wife, and of course, the first night she fell asleep like half an hour in, so I had to stop. And then we tried finishing it again, fell asleep, had to stop. Finally got to finish it last night. This movie took forever, and it was amazing, mostly because I, you know, a couple months back, I read the book detailing how he filmed Heart of Glass. Mm Mm-hmm. So I know how he films and what he does. And when you're watching this movie and yet it takes all, it all takes place in the Amazon. Okay. Mm-hmm. And this guy Herzog is just completely insane. And I don't understand how more people don't die on the set of his films, namely him. Mm-hmm. Like I'm surprised that he's still alive. And I'm also very surprised that people keep signing on to make films with him. I would I would imagine that if I did one film with him, I'd be like, yeah, I'm never doing that again because I almost died every day. <laughs> but the crazy thing about this film is Klaus Kinski plays just a guy obsessed with opera and he wants to bring an opera house to the middle of the jungle because he's Klaus Kinski. So he ends up, you know, buying a plot of land, buying a steamboat, fixing it up and they set out. But here... What he does is he goes down the one river and he's got to take the ship over a mountain. And of course, he, in, during his trip, he runs into indigenous Indians and they help him. So there's a part of the movie where it's just them clearing forest and pushing a steamboat over a mountain hmm. into another river that's on the other side. And they do it. <laughs> they actually do it. And it's just apeshit insane. That he does this. Like, who signs up for that? How do you get money or backing or actors or any crew, to, you know, you get a bunch of people together and say, okay, I'm going to make a movie and this is what we're going to do. First, we're going to film in the Amazon in just terrible conditions. Uh, second, we're going to take a steamboat and then push it over a mountain. How's that sound? Now, would you sign up for that if I told you that was the movie I was making? Uh... I'm not so sure that I would. <laughs> Just blows my mind that anyone would. But he fucking did it. So, congrats to him. Man has giant balls. I gotta say. Yeah, that's crazy. I'm gonna have to watch this. And this is a movie that, it, you know what, the word epic sort of gets thrown around too much. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is an epic movie. Because they actually do like an insane feat in the movie. And in real life for the movie. It's just completely insane. And I hope I got to do some research here. I hope there's a book about the making of this film. I know that there is a documentary called The Burden of Dreams. that's out on Criterion. And I want to watch that now because of this. Just completely insane. There's no one like Herzog. Yeah, I'm definitely going to watch this. Sweet. It's, it. it's a bit of an arduous watch. It, it's, it's slow at times. I'll give you that. 
But, I can deal. Yeah, it's just nuts. Uh, the other movie I watched, finished last night, was I Saw the Devil. Finally got around to watching this. Damn. Intense, huh? Damn. One of the main things, which was great, is I remember talking about this a couple years back when you first saw it, and you told me about it and what it was about, but I forgot. Ah. Like, I had an idea, and then it sort of, you know, as the film's playing out, and like, the beginning stages of it, then it all, like, came rushing back to me. I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) He's just going to catch him and release him. This is great. I love this movie. This is one of my all-time favorite horror movies. It's I like revenge stories, and this is pretty much the ultimate. Maybe second only to Old Boy. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. I don't think anything is still topped Old Boy. No. In my opinion. This is right up there for me. Yeah, this movie was pretty fantastic. Um... (laughs) And the scene, what is it with, like, Koreans and their obsession with the Achilles tendon? <laughs> they know that that's, I mean, out of all the things to cut in a movie, that's one of the hardest ones to watch. Because you yeah. can feel it when you see it. It's like you it's, feel it in your own. I have heard that that is supposed to be, like, the most painful thing. And just when he sits on his back and pulls his leg up, I'm like, no, he's not going to, no, no, he's not going to do it. And then he sticks it in there. I'm like, oh, God. And they just draw it out for a little bit. It's a very uh, violent movie. Extremely so. Definitely fits the ultra-violent category. And this is directed by Jiwoon Kim, who is doing the new, that new Schwarzenegger movie. Which, yeah, now I understand why you're not happy about that. Well, I don't know. I mean, the the trailers don't look very good, but at the same time, it's like, it might might be something worth checking out, because this is the same guy that did A Tale of Two Sisters. He did The Good, The Bad, and The Weird. Loved all of those. See, Um, I I wasn't a big fan of A Tale of Two Sisters. Well, I mean, I, I didn't love it but i i definitely like the good the bad and the weird a whole lot but that was extremely fun uh he did a uh one of the segments in three extremes two which is a um asian uh kind of a horror anthology film yeah and those were all great i don't remember which one he did specifically but i remember liking pretty much all of them so i don't know maybe this uh it's called the last stand maybe that will be something good i don't know uh hopefully i have a feeling it's not going to be though i mean i don't want to i don't want to say that arnold the inclusion of arnold is going to bring the movie down like i think that that's the way that it seems yeah but it is because he's a terrible actor yeah but maybe he maybe he doesn't have to care i don't know (laughs) I, I, i don't know you i understand you just want it to be good. i want it to be good you don't I want, want it to be. be I, I'm gonna see it because I just have to know. But I don't know. Yeah, but I yeah. saw the devil though is amazing. And the ending was great, fantastic. Because yeah. I that was the only thing going like near the end of the film. I'm like, man, how am I gonna end this? I yep. hope it's not like anticlimactic. You know, huge but, ending. Yeah, it definitely didn't disappoint. 
I mean, there was a couple of plot holes that I was like, this is a bit ridiculous, but I just told myself to shut up <laughs> and I enjoyed it. There's a lot of twists and turns in it too, which, which I like there. They go, they go places in this movie that I just didn't see that coming. Yeah. <laughs> when he, there's a scene where there's like a cannibal guy in the hospital and he's, you know, telling the mm. secret service agent or whatever. And he gives him a permanent smiley face mm-hmm. by putting his hands in his mouth and ripping his jaws apart. Yep. Which I'm pretty sure wouldn't happen ever. But that was still a crazy scene. Yeah. I just don't think you could get a good enough grip on someone's jaws to do that. Especially when they're flailing around. I don't but know. That's me overthinking things again. I guess that's just supposed to be like, ah, that's awesome. He's ripping his jaws apart. Yeah, but I mean, have you seen Roadhouse? Dude, Swayze rips so many throats in that movie. Doesn't yeah, but that's that's Swayze. Okay, that's tr- I don't question true. Swayze. I don't question him. He can do anything. It's true. Mm. And then the only other movie I watched was The Queen of Versailles. Yeah, and I saw this too. This this is out on uh, DVD right now. And my good, what did you think? What did you think? Well, the movie. I, I like the movie. Um, now I don't know. I don't know if your question pertains to the family <laughs> or the movie. The, the, the family and the movie. I thought the movie was great. Um, I mean, it, it it wasn't the imposter or anything, but I like. Uh, we talked about it before. I like documentaries that take a turn and end up being something completely different than what they set out to do. Yeah. Um, and I also. I also like, I like it when sometimes, I don't know if it's considered like breaking the fourth wall or whatever, but sometimes when they leave in footage of the subjects interacting with the filmmakers, Mm -hmm. you know, like uh, when they speak to them from behind the camera and they respond, I like that. Kirby Dick does that in a lot of his documentaries, and for some reason, I... I'd like that because I don't know, maybe it's just like a glimpse. Maybe it seems more candid. Yeah. Yeah. When they do that, that's the reason I like it. Uh, So I like that when they, when they would do that, uh, the people are horrendous people. (laughs) But the weird thing is I really felt different a lot throughout this movie. Like one, one scene I'd be like, you know, the, the wife, She's not that bad. Like she's she seems like a nice person. But then yeah. like in, in another <laughs> and, then, and then she would do something or open her mouth and say yeah. something terrible and you're like, God damn it. Like I I didn't understand. It was like in one scene she would seem very intelligent and thoughtful, and then in the next scene it was like she just seemed like this complete airhead trophy wife that the what she looks like, you know? And I know that she has to be somewhat intelligent. She has an engineering degree. She worked yeah, that, for IBM. Yeah, that was one of the things that sort of confused me too, because in the beginning, you know, they're talking about her history and stuff. And like you said, there's a lot of scenes where she seems very intelligent. And then there's other scenes where she's just like the complete opposite. And you're like, well, wait a second. Yeah. Do you really have an engineering degree? Yeah. I, I, there was a lot of, um, I had a lot of mixed emotions with this movie. Like the, the guy was David. 
David. Yeah. yeah, David. David Siegel. No mixed emotions there. No, no mixed emotions with him. He was a complete asshole through and through. He's like huge dick. It was so clear throughout the movie that he didn't care about anything or anyone but that business. That was mm-hmm. it. Money, 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 money. Yeah, he was a ho- he's a horrible human being. Yeah, I mean, there was one scene where I was thinking, like, oh, okay, maybe this guy's a little bit different when they're showing him at, like, his son's Little League game. Mm-hmm. And I think that that was only because the, the movie. The, yeah. yeah. And I think the director, too, was like, this is the only shot that we have of him yep. being, like, a human. I felt I felt that way, too. When I, when I saw that, I, I thought to myself... I bet he's just there because he knows that the cameras are on him and he's going to look like a total ass if there's nothing in there that shows that he cares about his family. It would, the main thing, I, I like the movie too. The documentary was great, but I think it was only because Lauren Greenfield, who's the director, got extremely lucky. Because if you think about it, if the financial crisis never happened, this was just going to be her goal for this movie was just to go in and essentially do like a cribs type right yeah you have the biggest house in the world and these are the people that are going to move into it and i mean if the financial crisis didn't happen and that's what the film would be i would have no interest in seeing this whatsoever no i mean i i I don't know if i would or not but the i think the a lot of the opulence of these people would still be there you'd still have the same feeling about them i think yeah, but it felt so much better because they're saying terrible things in the beginning, and then the financial crisis hits, and their lives, you know, sort of get turned upside down. Yeah. And you're like, yes, come up and fuck you. And I just, the, the whole timeshare thing, like, I was never, I always thought that timeshares were a scam, and now I think that they're even more so. <laughs> and I... The scene that I'm thinking of is his son from the previous marriage who is like a like the head sales guy or mm-hmm, whatever mm-hmm. in Vegas and he's giving that like rah 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 speech. Yeah, to the salespeople. <laughs> yeah, and he's like telling them that they're saving lives. Yep. They're just as important as doctors and teachers. And I'm just sitting there like, No, you're not. You're you're selling timeshares. Yep. What the fuck is wrong with you people? <laughs> and I I really enjoyed how they broke down the the business of selling the timeshares and stuff like that because that was all stuff that I probably could have surmised but it was interesting to see them like basically admitting on camera how this all works and how they get their money and how they make so much money doing it yeah I thought that that was that was cool too that they were able to get that out of these people and get this behind the scenes look at how this works yeah Man, did it devolve though? Like there was, a, I felt really sad for these people, like near the end, when they're just like living in filth. Oh, I know. Their, ha- their house is disgusting, and they're just like sad, pathetic people. I'm just like, man, I feel so sorry for you. Just look at this. But then I'm reminded of the scene earlier in the movie when she's like, "Ah, oh, we just need more space because we have so much stuff." It's. It's, like, it's ridiculous. Oh. I love the scene where she says that she was only planning on having two kids until she found out that she could have nannies. Yeah. 
and then she can have as many as she wants. Like to me, that's like all right. That's disgusting. Yeah, it's that's, absolutely disgusting. That's that's terrible. And which brings me to my next thing is uh, David Siegel. I don't even think he knows his kids' names. No, I don't think he does either. Like he never talked to him at all throughout the entire film. No, he didn't. He he seemed to spend more time with that one one of those dogs. Mm-hmm. He had that one dog with him pretty much all the time. Or that sad room that he was in all the time. The room of <laughs> the room of boxes and sadness. <laughs> With his shitty little TV. Yeah. Just just, going off about the electricity. Yeah, that scene was great. The whole electricity fiasco. But I mean, like, it's like, what it, What does she do? Like, why can't she, you know, after they had to lay off all their housekeepers, except for what, four, I think she said? Yeah, I think it was. They had 19, and they had, to, <laughs> and they had to get it down to four. And it's like, what? what do you do? You don't work. So why don't you work on cleaning up the house? Clean up all the dog shit that's everywhere. Yeah, really. I mean, they've de- they devolved into the 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 house that was the one dude was living in in Train Spotting, where he where he died of <laughs> by not cleaning up his cat shit. Oh God. Yeah. So what a what a fucking family. I would recommend checking it out just as one of these odd curiosities. I'm so glad that I don't live like that, though. I don't care that I don't have a billion dollars. Yeah, I never... That was the point that was... The question that was asked me and my wife were watching the film. She was like, if you were to become rich, what would you buy? Like, if you had enough money to buy anything, what would you get? And I just sat there and I'm like, uh, nothing, I guess. Like, I can't think of anything. Yeah, like, I would probably buy a new car because I need one. I would probably, I wouldn't live in a mansion because to me, like big houses like that feel very hollow and they don't feel cozy to me. Yeah. I, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't live in a huge 90,000 square foot mansion. Uh, I don't know. I'd, I'd probably just buy video games and computers and movies. <laughs> I'd keep it simple. Yeah. I like. I honestly can't think of anything. But the, I think the big yeah, the, the big thing is is what the money turned these people into. Now I don't yeah. know. I don't know if if David was like that to begin with. It seemed like he probably was. But like the kids were completely out of control. You know, they they had no limitations, no boundaries. They could just do whatever they wanted. I loved the scene when. They went to Walmart and bought bought all those yes. toys and stuff, and yeah. they bought bought the bike and just the scene of the housekeeper wheeling the bike into the garage. And, and there's like forty, there's like forty bikes. Yeah, and all the housekeepers, you know, they say that it's for the one son, and all the housekeepers are like, that's too small for him. Yeah, <laughs> like they know right away because they know the kids a lot better than their actual parents do. Yeah, it's just sad. It's a sad movie. And that was and, a really sad scene when they're in Walmart buying all those toys. Because she's having, like, a complete nervous breakdown, losing yeah. her shit. And they purchased, it was like, seven carts. Yeah. They had to take it home in, like, four different vehicles. Yeah, it was crazy. Crazy. Um, the, the, the Siegel family also sued the filmmakers for this movie. No, that doesn't sound like them. Yeah. Yeah, they sued them. Yeah. I think it was like a defamation suit or something. Really? 
Really? Because <laughs> because they, you know, filmed you saying those words coming out of your mouth. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right. It's it's ridiculous. Oh, I think um, the reasoning was they they said that the film made the company look like it was worse off than it really was. And they're saying that that caused uh, people that owned the timeshares to back out and prevented people from working with the, the company. That, that, but, well, that is even worse because that's one of the good things that Greenfield did is she didn't put, she didn't inject anything into this. It's not like they want, broke off on like a little tangent where she explained how like timeshares worked and right, she put exactly. in her ideas of like how his company. No, everything about the company is just explained by David Siegel and the people that work for the company. Yeah, exactly. And it seemed like they were all very open to talking about what was happening with the company. Yeah. Like the son, they were all very open about it. But yeah, yeah well, I guess they wanted to get. <laughs> He's got to get money to save those uh, towers that he built in Vegas, man. Yeah. Well, uh, and I read that because uh, I was really interested to find out. Well, I guess it's kind of a, I don't know if it's a spoiler or not, but. Anyway, I read that they're a little better off than they were in the movie. Darn it. So, yeah. I wanted a happy ending. <laughs> so. by, by them having to move into a condo or something. No, well, like at the end where she's like, if, if we have to move into a normal, you know, like $300,000 house, I'm okay with that. I can make that work. I'm just like, God, think before you talk. Yeah, no. The fuck? It's a normal $300,000 house. Yeah. Well, Ridiculous. there you go. Queen of Versailles out on DVD and Blu ray. Check that out. Oh, one other thing I just want to point out real quick in the film. It's just, I love the throwaway line at the beginning where he's like, I personally got George oh, Bush yes. reelected. Yes. And they're like, how did you do that? And he's like, oh, I can't really say because it's not quite legal. Yeah. I I'm just wanna... like, well, are we going to go down that road? Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because uh, one of the things that I found out is during the election, th this is a really relevant film, I found, because uh, news came out that a lot of these big CEOs emailed their employees and said, if you vote for Obama, we're going to have to lay people off. Like, yeah. that was a big thing. Did, did you read about that at all? There was like... I read that, yeah, people were going around and David Siegel was one of the guys that... yeah. Did this trump trump did it uh papa john's did it bunch of these asshole ceo types. which i did i will now not eat at papa john's ever no i i haven't i don't particularly like papa john's anyway but david siegel was one of them that said if obama gets elected we're gonna have to lay people off and he hasn't done it yet but i don't know like some of them they I read that some of some of these companies that did that started laying people off before Florida. The results for Florida were even in. Hmm. Like they were just using it as an excuse. Yeah. It's crazy. Oh, so, good times. Anyway, uh, way to go, America. Yeah, good on you. Uh, let's talk about some Amazon Blu-ray deals. To get these incredible deals, just go to our site at filmpulse.net. Either click on the Amazon banner, shop as you would normally. Or simply click on the provided links in the show notes. First up, we have the Coen Brothers collection on Blu-ray. This is 
Blood Simple, Miller's Crossing, Fargo, and Raising Arizona, and it's nineteen ninety nine. Wow. Yeah. So you you get four Coen Brothers movies from nineteen ninety nine. I don't know why they. I hate it when they do that though. They call it a collection and they only include part part of their filmography. Like, yeah. uh, anyway, if you get Marketing. that, if you get that, and you want to add No Country for Old Men on it, it's five dollars on Amazon right now. It, wait, wait, five dollars. Yep. No Country. And this is Blu-ray. Five dollars. Yeah, Blu-ray. Get the hell out of here. No I wonder Country what for Old Men. Five. Wonder what. Wonder what they're coming out with. What's the anniversary? What's the anniversary? I don't know, but it's a, it's a good deal right now. I mean, the fact that the the collection and No Country is on sale, maybe that's maybe that means that they're coming out with something else. But yeah, they they got something lined up. Maybe a Sapphire series or something. Ooh, we could only hope. <laughs> exactly. Um, and then the only other one that I wanted to mention, which I ordered and will be here on Tuesday. I'll probably write an article about it for the site. Is the Quentin Tarantino 20-year box set. Have you read about this or seen anything whoa. about it? Whoa. Whoa. Tarantino box set. Tarantino box set. Okay. Okay. This, I was wondering what the hell this was. It's the Tarantino XX box yeah. set. This includes, uh, it's on Blu-ray, includes True Romance, Pulp Fiction, Reservoir Dogs, Kill Bill 1 and 2, Inglorious Bastards, Jackie Brown, Death Proof, and it has two bonus Blu-rays discs. Oh, what are on the bonus? Sixty-nine dollars right now. It's on sale on Amazon. I think it's normally one nineteen, but it's it, it's not out yet. It comes out on Tuesday, so very awesome. excited for this. Nice. I can't wait to get it. And Mondo came out with a uh, poster, Tarantino poster. Yeah. It was uh, it was Reservoir Dogs last week. And I wanted one so bad, but they sold out in like two minutes. It looks like it's got like a nice fold-out artwork. It oh, is, yeah. This looks pretty cool. Yeah. It's a really cool... Because I don't have any Tarantino stuff on... Oh, I have... Actually, I have Inglorious Bastards on Blu-ray, that's, but... That's ridiculous. Eight films for 70 bucks. Yeah. Plus, you get two two bonus discs, which I'm sure has hours and hours of stuff. Mm-hmm. I find it interesting that they included True Romance in there, too, because he didn't even direct that. Yeah. Uh, wasn't that his first? Is that his first writing was credit? The, or? I think that was the first. Unless, uh, I think that came out before Natural Born Killers. Yeah, I think so. But see, it's going to bother me to know that he also wrote Natural Born Killers. And why is that not on the set? But I know he's not proud of that one, so maybe that's why. I think... Um, Stone really messed up the script for that. But. What? Um, Oliver Stone doesn't make mistakes. <laughs> uh, no, he doesn't. Talking about mistakes, let's move on. To go over yes. some. <laughs> go over some news. Now I know it's a couple weeks old, but we never really talked about it on the site. So I just wanted to get your thoughts on the whole Lucas. Uh, Lucasfilm going over to Disney thing. I know it's not technically news anymore, uh, but... But we're going to make it again for the first time. Yeah, because we never really talked about it. So what, Yeah, and what we're you, always ahead of the game here. What do you think? What, what are your thoughts on this? I don't care. 
Don't care. <laughs> I mean, we talked about it before. I haven't seen a Star Wars. I'm not a Star Wars guy. So not really like they don't really affect me in any way. Like when the last time when the, you know, the three over the prequels mm-hmm. came out and they completely destroyed everything that everyone loved. Um, like I really didn't care. I thought it was stupid. And I was like, yeah, that's just a terrible idea. They shouldn't do that. But there is a part of me that knows that how the business side of things, it's like, yeah, you know, they're going to do it. There's money to be made. Of course they're going to do it. They'd be stupid not to. Well, here's here are my thoughts on it. When I when I first read about it, I was like, oh, that's cool. And then I was like, $4 billion? Like, that's crazy. And then I found out that he was giving, he was donating all that money, which I think it's great just for that. Like, he wasn't doing anything with, he, he said from the beginning that he wasn't going to make any more Star Wars films. People love Star Wars. Why not sell it to Disney, get $4 billion to donate to yeah. charity? I mean, that's that's huge. And I have a lot of respect for the guy for doing that. Yeah, he, uh, well, he does a lot of that charitable stuff. Because what's... Doesn't he have a foundation? Yeah, he has Utop- a... Edutopia, right? Yeah. Is that his? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he's he does a lot of um, philanthropy with education. Yeah. So. Uh, but I, don't, I think that's great. But, I mean, that's probably something that I should do. I'll probably do that this year or next year. What, watch watch, uh, watch, watch the first three Star Wars and then just ignore it from there. Which, why don't more people just do that? Just ignore it. It's not, you don't have to go see them. <laughs> well, if you're a Star Wars fan, it's it's hard because that's part of the story now. Well, it's not. Not in your world. If you ignore it. I guess that's true, but... I think just, that I think the fans look at it differently. Well, wait, and wait. but also don't go see them, and then you know maybe they'll get the message that you don't like them fucking with something you love. Well, the way that I look at it with Star Wars Episode Seven, which there's tons of rumors online right now as far as who's directing it. Uh, the way that I look at it is it it can't get worse. So bring it on. Let's do it. Well, that's the other, that's the thing that bothers me the most about this news is, and we've talked about this every day. It's just a new another news article. So and so is not directing the new Star Wars. So and so is not directing the new Star Wars. I mean, there's been like twenty some of these. Pretty much every big name director that that uh, the common person knows about, you know, like Guillermo del Toro and uh, who is. Uh, Matthew Vaughn was the w- one rumor that we wrote about because it seemed the most reputable. Yeah, I think with the latest ones, I think Brad Bird. Brad Bird. I, mean, I don't even know who the hell that guy is. Oh, Brad is Bird. The Mission Impossible. Yeah, he did he Mission did the, Impossible, it, and he did he did a lot of the Pixar stuff. Oh shoot, he's not doing it. He's actually uh, Brad Bird is is a pretty. He's working on something else. He's an up and coming, big up and comer. I'm just waiting for him to come out and be like, Jean-Luc Godard is not doing the new Star Wars. I'm just waiting for it to reach its ridiculous point. Yeah, well. Steve McQueen is not directing (laughs) the new Star Wars. Oh, man, I would love to see that. It'd be the most depressing Star Wars movie ever. Wes Anderson is not doing. 
I love Wes Anderson, but I don't know if I'd like to see him do a Star Wars movie. <laughs> I want. We should. Uh, we should have like a petition for Harmony Corinne to do it. Ooh. Or you know Lars what? There was, I was actually listening to another podcast uh, this week, and they actually talked about what if Harmony Corinne did it. <laughs> Be great. Uh, they should. They should do. You know, it's going to be a trilogy. It should be Harmony Corinne does one, Lars Van Trier, and then Herzog does another one. Oh, That's your trilogy. That's your trilogy right there, Star Wars. Yeah. Work work on it, Hollywood. Get it yeah, done. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Well, well, Get it done. There's no point. I'm sick of sites reporting on, like, all these different – just wait. Just wait. When they know who they're going to get, they're going to put out a press release, and we'll all get it, and then we can report on it. Like, yeah. which is the nice thing that I, you know we don't do that we're just the only news item we're gonna put out is this is who's directing star wars yeah, exactly <laughs> you're not gonna and i mean it's just filler for so many other sites you know like there's so many sites that have a quota like you gotta have eight news stories in there a day or whatever and they're yeah. like Okay, uh, what what director didn't we talk about yet? Tarantino? Okay, let, let's just write Tarantino's not directing Star Wars. <laughs> They're just, let's do it. I just, I, it, I think it's a very funny idea of announcing things that people aren't doing. Yeah, it's... You know, like, what's it's, the point of the it? Most, Who cares? There, there's no point. That's the thing. It's, it's pointless fluff. And I just, I... We don't want to take any part in that business. So there is someone directing something, which is my news item, which is the MacGyver movie. Oh man! Everyone, uh, calm down. And I can I can just sense the excitement in America right now. I think I think this might uh, this this little bit of news might call for a little bit of this. Oh no! Not the beast! Not the beast! A little bit of that. <laughs> A lot of that, actually, because, we, well, we all know that MacGyver is still extremely relevant and loved. I'm getting a no. No, he's not anymore. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. But if, for some whatever reason, we're going to reboot it. Let's do it. And who should we get to direct this? Oh, let's get James Wan. Perfect. Okay. Guy that directed Saul and the laugh riot comedy Insidious is doing... A MacGyver movie. Why? Some, Why is some, this happening? Somehow that doesn't fit. It doesn't fit. Why would James Wan do MacGyver? Uh, I don't know. Don't know. Apparently he wants to do other things. Hmm. Like maybe kill his career, I guess. Because that's, yeah. that's pretty much what I see coming from this. MacGyver movie? Do they have any casting details? <clears throat> I don't know. I don't, not, I haven't read anything, you know, besides, besides the MacGyver movie. <laughs> yeah. And probably, oh man, so-and-so's not going to be in the MacGyver movie. Well, they got to have at least a cameo. Yeah. Richard Dean Anderson's got to be in there somewhere. He's, he's got to be. I think I saw him maybe somewhat recently, but he, he I, looks I gotta, the same. I got to look him up right now. I got to know what, what he's up to. I think he looks the same as he did in MacGyver. I bet he could do it. He should. Apparently he was on Raising Hope, that Fox show. I don't like that show. Oh, and apparently they're still doing they're still doing Stargates? No. Stargate stopped. 
Oh, that's right. He was in that Stargate Atlantis he's, or something. Oh my god, he's in so many Stargates. There's Stargate <laughs> Atlantis, Stargate SG One, Stargate Continuum, um, Stargate SG One, Children's Children of the Gods Final Cut, Stargate Universe. <laughs> what? Where did all these Stargates come from? <laughs> You know how everyone was clamoring for their Stargate? You just had to keep up with demand. We gotta, you gotta keep cranking them out. We gotta be careful how much shit we talk on Stargate. Probably a lot of our listeners are into that. <laughs> is, it, is Ryan into Stargate? No, I don't I don't think so. For whatever reason, I was thinking he was in the Stargate for some reason. When I was a kid, I loved the movie Stargate, because I was a huge Kurt Russell fan. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, MacGyver's coming back. So I wonder if that means that within like 10 years, there's going to be like a Stargate reboot. Um, I don't know. Cause I feel like Stargate, <laughs> Stargate's like pretty safely planted on sci-fi. So they'll probably have nothing but TV movies for that. Yeah. That is like their flagship, right? That, so, no. Does sci-fi have anything else? How are they still around? <laughs> I have no idea. I have no idea what, how sci-fi is still around. Because all their movies are so horrible. Aren't they, are they the ones that do all the mutant animals versus another mm-hmm. mutant animal? Yeah. God bless they, them. They do a lot of those. God bless them. Sharknado. Sharknado. <laughs> That's not a sci-fi thing. That's an asylum movie, which is mm. pretty much the same thing. Uh, okay. Let's move on. A um, bunch of trailers came out recently. Uh, the first one, I guess we can talk about, is Now You See Me. This just came out this weekend. Oh, yeah. This is the new movie with uh, Michael Caine, Jesse Eisenberg, Woody Harrelson, Nisla Fisher, Mark Ruffalo, uh, Dave Franco, Morgan Freeman, Michael... I already said Michael Caine. <laughs> <laughs> Say it again. Uh, Common. Yep. Why not? Uh, this movie looks awesome, I think. I really? Think looks, yeah. I do. Really? I do. I think it looks really cool. I think it looks all right. The only, the main thing, one of the main problems I have with this is it's expected to come out June 7th. Why am I seeing a trailer for it now? Mm, I don't know. Look at the, who's going to be that excited? Um, couldn't tell you. Couldn't did you mark you your, did you mark your calendar after you watched your trailer? Uh, no. I can say like, I did not. <laughs> did you jump on your Outlook? For a little reminder in there, June 7th. Now you see me. Shit, yeah. <laughs> I think it looks cool, though. Like, uh, when I first saw it, I said, I could definitely see Jesse Eisenberg as being a magician. Like, I bet he was probably, he seems like the type of person that would be into that in real life. He probably was into it when he was younger. I can see him having, doing sleight of hand. Yeah. To try and impress people. He just seems like the type. I don't know, but. It it seems like it's a cool idea. Um, what the the only thing that I got from the trailer though, I'm like, it doesn't look like you're doing magic. It looks like you have like teleportation machines, like all this futuristic shit. Well, who knows how they did it? I mean, we'll have to watch the movie and find out. Yeah, we'll have to wait until June seventh. I'm gonna forget about the damn thing before that time comes. Probably, probably. I have no idea. June seventh, twenty thirteen. Um. So we got a couple other trailers here. We have uh, the Heat trailer. This is with Sandra Bullock and Melissa McCarthy. 
Have you seen this? No. This is no. the next movie by Paul Feig, who did Bridesmaids. Um, it, it's a buddy cop movie with the two yes. of them. I mean, I'm sure that it, it doesn't look great, but I'm sure Melissa McCarthy will be worth some laughs because I, I find her to be hilarious. So I'm sure it'll be. I'm sure it'll have its moments. And it's the same director as Bridesmaids. Some, there should be something there. That's what I'm thinking. Like, I'm, I imagine there'll probably be some some funny lines here and there, but just the idea is so stale. Well, I, I think interested. In, in my article that I wrote on the site, I think I said where Bridesmaids was a hangover, you know, not a clone, but sort of like the hangover with women. I'm thinking maybe the heat is going to be like 21 Jump Street with women. Maybe. It's maybe. got that kind of feel to it. I don't know. It might be worth some laughs. Might be Hopefully worth there's some- a fuck yeah motherfucker mood. <laughs> there might be, uh, might be some chuckles in there. <laughs> Some, you know, some drugs based on cool deets. Um, cool deets. We also have Admission with Tina Fey and Paul Rudd. That trailer came out. This looks, uh, this looks okay. Paul Weets. Whites. Whites. Weets. Paul Whites, I believe. Yeah, sure. Guy, guy did about a boy. And didn't he also do... He did yeah. some bad stuff. He did Cirque du Freak, the vampire's mm-hmm. assistant. I can't believe those things existed. Well, I think that's a series, too, so I don't know if they're Yeah. Gonna... Oh, he did that fucking terrible down-to-earth yeah. with his brother. Oh, that was a... Wheats. What did we go with? Wheats? Whites? Wheats. I, I don't know. I'm going to say whites. Whites tandem. <laughs> whites tandem. <laughs> uh, down-to-earth. The fact that it's Tina Fey and Paul Rudd is uh, worth it to go see it for me. Yeah, I just wish someone else did it. Uh, who knows? I like Michael Sheen, too. Big fan of his. I think he's... I do. I do enjoy Michael Sheen as well. And Lily Tomlin. I like her as well. So, who knows? I think that that's about uh, Tina Fey. Pl- Tina Fey plays her kind of typical Tina Fey character of straight-laced and kind of boring person who's yeah, a... Well, uh, Wallace Shawn is also in it. Yeah. Wallace Shawn is great. I love know. Wallace Shawn. I don't know who that is. The Princess Bride. Take oh, a leap. Jump, on, jump yeah. on the old IMDb. Yeah, no, I know. I know. Exactly. And he does the voice of Rex. Yeah, of course. I know I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah, I love him. He's good. Yeah, good he's times. in the trailer. He's in the trailer. I don't know why I just forgot who that was. Um, that's pretty much it for trailers for this week. Do you have any other, there any other trailers? Uh, no trailers. I just have one bit of, uh, one other news thing, which I don't know if you heard this or knew that this was existed or was coming out. The Rome Film Festival just, you know, handed out their awards and one of them went to Larry Clark for his new movie, Marfa Girl. I didn't even know that that existed. Yep. Larry Clark is back at it. <laughs> back and in the he, saddle. He won for best film, the Rome Film Festival. Hmm. Larry Clark. I, I didn't even know. I, I'm assuming that this doesn't have any kind of release date or anything. No. Not that I know of. I don't see anything in here, you know, hinting at anything. 
Oh, Larry Clark. What an interesting character. This is uh, just for people that don't know the name. This is the same guy that did Kids. He directed Kids, Another Day in Paradise, Bully, um, The Amazing Teenage Caveman. (laughs) (laughs) Teenage Caveman. Uh, He also did Ken Park, which was never released in the United States. Uh, He did What's Up Rockers and apparently Marfa Girl. Yeah, so it's about a guy, kid, lives in Marfa, Texas, which is like a, you know, Texas-Mexican border town type thing. And of course, it's got everything that you would expect from Larry Clark. You know, it's got, kid's name is Adam. Oh, great. Half, half white, half Hispanic, teenager. And, you know, and he's got his girlfriend, um, but he's also got a 23-year-old mother that is determined to seduce him on his 16th birthday. And then for, you know, whatever reason, because it's Larry Clark, uh, another promiscuous young woman comes into town and sets out to give Adam a full sex education. So teenagers, (laughs) sex, Larry Clark. There you go. Pretty much what you would expect. I'll probably watch it. I'll I'll see it at some point. Just like Harmony Corinne, I, Mm -hmm. uh, I feel like this, uh, strange need to see all their movies and i actually liked what's up rockers quite a bit it was a lot different than it was it was different in that it was more toned down than his other stuff well that's what there's that's what they're saying about marfa girl is that he's you know he's he's starting to use some new elements some new techniques you know and not sticking with his old style sort of switching up a little bit well, that's, that's but it's still good. it's still teenagers and sex, but yeah, different. I, 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 I always wondered if he. Do you think he's a pedophile? I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to go down that road. <laughs> get into that. I think that we could get like liable. Yeah, kind of, I would like to have him on the show at some point and talk to talk to him. And Larry Clark, <laughs> if, you're, if you're listening, I swear I will not ask you if you're a pedophile on the air. <laughs> Uh, well, that's all the news stories I have. Did you have anything else you wanted to? I mean, there's a ton of video game movies that are coming yeah, out. If you want to go off that list, we have some more news on it. There's a Deus Ex movie coming out. Um, Splinter Cell, Tom Hardy. Yeah, Tom Hardy's going to be in the Splinter Cell movie. Um, there's a asteroids movie that's coming out nice i mean it's just i think got a lot of video video games i think uh judge reinhold is the lead in the centipede movie oh yeah i know i just made that up (laughs) judge reinhold (laughs) i hope that happens i'd like to see a judge reinhold come back i would like to see judge reinhold star in the human centipede (laughs) uh it might happen. I think that'd you never be, know. I think that'd be funny. Never know. Um, that's pretty much it. Uh, just if you want to read more news stuff or read what we talked about in more detail, just go over to our site and um, you can read all the stuff on there. Let's talk about some movie predictions. All right. Let's do that. Let's get into these. Let's do that. Let's yeah. do it. Twilight. You said 48. I said 42. Actual 51. Uh, thanks a lot, America. And it... Yeah. Thanks a lot. Yeah. yeah. Uh, did you... Oh, another news story related 
Did you hear about the uh, shooting plot? Yes, I did. It happened with Twilight? Some douchebag was going to try to shoot up a screening of Twilight? Fucking people. Luckily, they got them beforehand. Yeah, yeah. Very, very good. I'm sure that he was one of these fucking idiot kids that, like, told everybody about it beforehand. (laughs) Probably. Uh, And then we have Anna Karina. I said 86, you said 82, actual 65. 65, yeah, it's getting mixed reviews. Mixed, mixed reviews on Anna. Next week, big week, holiday week. Yes. We have, uh, we have a slew of movies coming out. Now, most of these come out on Thanksgiving or the day before Thanksgiving. Um, and then I believe Hitchcock comes out that Friday. Mm. Pretty sure. Oh, man, we have Hitchcock, too? I forgot about that. Yeah. So, first we have Red Dawn. Mm. Yes. What are you thinking on Red Dawn? Mm, I'm thinking like a 20. 20? Okay. Uh, I'm going to say, ooh, let's say 32 on Red Dawn. Mm. And we have Rise of the Guardians. Uh, This looks pretty good to me. I think this looks like it could be pretty cool, so I'm going to say 80. 80. Hmm. This is the Guardians. I'm going to go with like a 78. Okay. And then we have Life of Pi. This is getting a lot of, lot of buzz. You know, Life of Pi. Hmm. I'm going to think like a 86. Okay, I'm going to say 90. Ooh. Yep, I'm going to say 90 on that. And then finally we have Hitchcock. I'm going to say... I don't... T- to me, this doesn't look that good. And I I really want it to be good, but I can't get over the makeup on Hopkins. I think it looks awful. <laughs> I really think it looks awful. But I'm, I'm going to say... I'm going to say 70. Yeah, I think, it's, I think this is one of those that's going to get mixed reviews as well. And I would like seventy, so I'm gonna. Um, I'm gonna go seventy-three. Okay. Uh, and then we let's move on to DVD and Blu-ray releases. Huge, <laughs> whole lot of nothing. Huge week. <laughs> A whole lot of nothing comes out on Tuesday. We have The Expendables two, and that's pretty much the only big movie. Um, as I mentioned before, the Tarantino. 20-year box set comes out, so I would highly recommend picking that up. And the only other one I have is Big Tits Zombie <laughs> comes out. Uh, are we getting that for Ryan? Um, maybe, maybe at some point. I'm gonna, I'm definitely gonna keep that, keep that in my brain for the next zombie movie that comes. Yeah, out. we definitely had to like keep a, you know, like a, like a vault. Of movies yeah. when we see them come out and just like a little, you know, little bit of what they're about. That way we can quick reference guide for Ryan. But the okay. way things are going, it seems like every week we can just have them watch the original. <laughs> like that's all we have to do now. <laughs> yeah. Or the second one. The original or the second a... one. Because it's always a sequel was... or a remake. It's ridiculous. Yeah, exactly. I think there was uh, at least one Criterion coming out, right? Yeah, we got uh, we got two. 
uh, we have Heaven's Gate by Michael Simonone, who is the director of The Deer Hunter, which is, of course, a classic. I have never seen Heaven's Gate, and I actually really didn't even know about it. It's from 1980. Uh, it looks... Is it about the cult? No, it's about... Uh, it's like an American western, about the western expansion. It's supposed to be like an epic movie. Remember the Heaven's Gate cult? I do remember the Heaven's Gate cult. <laughs> I wish it was about them. But it, also, it has Chris Christopherson, uh, Isabella Huppert, and Christopher Walken. Hmm. So... It looks it looks interesting. I'll probably check it out sometime. But there's another really good one. This is not really... It's a Criterion, but it's not a Criterion. It's part of the the Eclipse series. And it's called When Horror Came to Shochiko, which I guess is a Japanese movie studio that were more known for like their melodramas, like Ozu and the like. But apparently for like a couple of years... They made horror movies, or they spat out four of them. The X from Outer Space, Gok, Body Snatcher from Hell, The Living Skeleton, and Genocide. These are all 60s horror movies, and they're Japanese, so you know that they're amazing. Now, is this uh, a collection of those horror movies? Yes, it's those four. Those four in a box set. Ah, okay. And, um, okay, it says here... The company created four certifiably batty, low-budget fantasies. Tales haunted by watery ghosts, plagued by angry insects, and stalked by aliens, including one in the form of a giant chicken lizard. Mm. So that's what you're getting, uh, that's what's in store if you pick that bad boy up. Giant chicken lizard. (laughs) So Uh. so I'm going to definitely be checking these out, because I just love those ridiculous monster beasts. They're so much fun. Yeah, they're fun. Well, I think that wraps it up. For all the latest film news and reviews, visit us at filmpulse.net. We want to hear your feedback. Send us an email at feedbackfilmpulse.net or call our voicemail line at 850-391-6071. Also, please take a minute to rate us on iTunes. We appreciate that very much. For filmpulse.net, my name is Adam. And I'm Kevin. And we will see you on Wednesday for Ryan Watches a Movie when we have him watch Red Dawn. Yes. 1984. The original. Good old Anarchy. I make movies and I love my cat, even though he stinks. LOL. <laughs> Hashtag cat fart. Hashtag amore. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs>